when you unlock a child's passion for learning, you really just have to step out of the way, right? Um, and you know, the students did really innovative and creative ways for sharing knowledge and collaborating. Not, not everybody studied the same thing, which was a unique approach, but at the end of the school year, everybody knew the same thing. Right, so they worked out ways to share information and you know teach other students the things that they learned, which you know from a you know a capability and ability to move knowledge to understanding is probably one of the greatest demonstrations you can do. Is if you can teach it to somebody else, you obviously understand the subject. This is Gautam, and I welcome you to episode seventeen of the Learn and Unlearn podcast. In today's episode, I bring you my conversation with Jeff Burstein. Jeff is the founder of a new scaling agile framework called Learning Educational Agile Framework, abbreviated as LEAF, which is an emerging open source agile framework designed around the complexities of education and the education sector. He is an innovator, founder, consultant, speaker, and enterprise agile coach. with over 20 years of experience in helping companies and government agencies discover a better way of working here's a simple definition in case you are not familiar with agile it is the ability to create and respond to change in order to succeed in an uncertain and turbulent environment let's dive in welcome jeff it's great to have you here Thank you. Thank you very much for having me today. To start with, uh, can you please tell us about the journey behind uh, LEAF, Learning Educational Agile Framework? And by the way, I really like the name. It's a very creative name. Thank you. We 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 kind of stumbled onto it. Um but yeah, for us the journey began right at the start of the global lockdown. Uh, I have uh, two children who were both in school uh, here locally in the South Carolina district, and we were two days into remote learning, and their entire system went offline. And it was really then that uh, you know it became apparent that that schools were not really prepared. Right at first, I thought maybe this was a a problem here locally, but as I started following the news, we saw that it was more and more a global issue. That schools were starting to focus on the wrong things, and they weren't really being responsible for their primary, uh, you know, outcomes, which is ensuring that the next generation of students are, you know, ready to join the workforce. Uh, I had been working at the time as an agile transformation coach, bringing agility, the the, the new way of working as part of the digital uh, revolution that's been going on for the last twenty twenty five years in industry and government for the last fifteen has been my focus, and you know it was it was really easy to see the value that agility could bring to the education system, and so the thought was that we would simply take what we were doing in industry and government. and bring it over to education and introduce it so that now educational systems can you know start to gain the value of operating as you know lean systems um you know unfortunately the response that we got was i guess not to be unexpected but it was a little uh 
you know, most shocking in that no, no leadership in education was even willing to talk to us. Their response was that, well, we don't make software. We don't have a product. We don't have a service. We don't even have a customer. We mold the young minds of today to solve the problems of tomorrow. And it was after many of those conversations that we realized that actually they don't do that. They're preparing the young minds of today to go ahead and enter a workforce that disappeared 25 years ago. Um, and it was really one that was born out of the manufacturing revolution in the, uh, you know, early 1900s, you know, looking to create bosses and leaders and people who can manufacture things quickly, you know, whereas in today's digital world, it's really about creative problem solving. It's about collaboration. It's about transparency. It's about teamwork. Um, and so, you know, we started at that point, it was probably the end of March, early June, we started doing an exploration as to what it would, what would it take to actually, you know, look across the spectrum of agility and boil that down into something that we could have as a foundation upon which we could then rebuild a structure that would leverage the language of education. And that's the journey that we started on it's almost a year ago, exactly. Um, and, you know, we looked heavily to a lot of, you know, the industry leaders out there. So, you know, Scrum Alliance, looking at the, you know, the book by Dr. Sutherland, looking at the, you know, the books that were written by David Anderson in terms of, you know, Kanban and flow and system thinking, you know, and, and really looking across the various delivery methodologies, um, as well as the scaling frameworks. And what we did is we started to, you know, engage with the educational community and, really start to boil it down and, and, and bring it to its basic skills and from there start to layer in educational language. And we did that for about six months and, you know, we're on a path where we were essentially, you know, as an organization that was committed to, you know, really transforming the way learning and education is done right? Leveraging, you know, agile and agility as a framework, which is kind of where the name came from, right? Um, is it provided us an opportunity to really kind of get down to the basics of agility, what we're calling authentic agility, right? Is that realization that agility is, it's mostly mindset, you know, it's who we are, it's who we're willing to be when we take on the problem solving, you know, and designing of solutions that are really just hypothesis for ways to solve the problem, um, you know, and, and bring that into the way educational journeys are, are taken. Uh, and, you know, we proceeded on that path thinking that we were going to be in the next, you know, scaled agile or the next, uh, you know, less or, or, or dead or any of the scaling frameworks and proceeded down that path towards, you know, really focusing on bringing the knowledge of agility into education. And we did that up until about three months ago when we realized that was actually the wrong approach because all we were doing is we were taking the current educational system, which is sit down and let us tell you now the knowledge that you need. And we were trying to use that as a mechanism to bring agility into schools. And so it really did. It took about 11 months of heading in the wrong direction before we were able to go, well, wait a minute. 
you know, this is not, you know, this is not what the world needs. The world doesn't need another two day, three day, four day or week long class on how to be agile. It really needs to provide educators with a mechanism through which they can experience it. And through that experience, through the internalization of that knowledge and moving it to understanding that they would be better capable and better able to actually bring that mindset into their class. And that's the journey that we've really been on for the last three months is working with educators and taking them on their own journeys so that they can build up their you know, foundational agility, move beyond the, you know, the ability to do virtual design where you play those what if, what would it look like if we were doing this in my classroom or if I was using this as an approach to go ahead and, and you know, do my lesson planning or take care of the work that I have to do as an educator or running an education system and move into the realm where they now start to experiment. Right. And from there, it's expanding and growing their capabilities so that then they can move on to that next that next level where they're now reinventing new ways to bring, you know, bring this approach and this mindset into education. And so that's that's kind of where we've gotten to is that we are now actively experimenting. We are in uh, currently we're working with about six or seven educators globally. Um, and these are truly pioneers, um, people who, uh, you know, for whatever reason have realized that everything that they've been doing up until now is really not achieving the objectives and the outcomes and the goals that they have for their students. And they are trying something new. And, you know, within a few weeks, we're going to have, um, about 300 students who've, who've been through, you know, they finished their last six weeks of school with an introduction to Kanban and learning flow and system thinking. And, you know, we're going to be able to hear directly from the students the impact that it's had on providing them the opportunity to take a more active role in their own education. And while we're doing that, we're still working with, uh, you know, people on the, on the Southern Hemisphere where school continues until uh, December. And by the end of this year, we'll have, you know, just over a thousand students who will have been, you know, will have earned this, will have learned the skills well enough to earn their own certification and badging and agility. And it's our commitment as that certification engine to, through demonstration, through the communication with their teachers and educators, in, in seeing the demonstrable proof that they actually understand how to leverage these approaches, that we will be able to go ahead and issue them their own, their own certification and skill badging. And so that's really been the, the journey up until now. We're we're currently in uh, four different countries, and we are looking to expand as rapidly as we can, simply because there's so much at stake for the students of the world right now. Absolutely. This is a great initiative. Uh, can you please tell us how the response has been from the teachers as well as the students? It would help if you could uh, tell us how a typical day or a sprint looks like. Sure. So, you know, so keeping in mind that we work directly with the educators, we don't actually interact with the students. Um, what we've actually done is we've, you know, starting with our teachers, we got them on their journey a couple of weeks before it was actually introduced to the students. Um, so first thing to, to be clear of is, is talking about the experience. So, or, or the reception. So from the educators that we've been dealing with, the reception has, 
it's it's really been spectacular. They've been, you know, very motivated. We were talking to some teachers who were really at the point of their career where they were considering leaving teaching. All right, and that was one of the outcomes that we were looking. One of the one of the values that we were looking to get out of this was to really reinstill that love of teaching for educators. And, you know, we actually have two teachers who, you know, they were very much on a path towards this was their last year of teaching and they were starting their own businesses. And, you know, after two months of leveraging learning flow in their classroom, they're now back at the point where they're like, no, we're actually going to be teachers again next year. You know, so, you know, from that perspective and in a small sample, we have been able to bring back and reignite the passion that, you know, educators have for why they want to teach in the first place. You know, most people who go into teaching, their their mindset when they go to get their, their credentials and certification isn't, I want to stand in front of a room for 50 minutes at a time and yell at people. Right. It's really they do want to, you know, serve as mentors and leaders and grow, you know, students into capable human beings. But the educational system doesn't really allow for that anymore. And so what we've been successfully doing is is reintroducing that into education. From the student's perspective, we just recently been getting feedback uh, through the teachers. They've been asking that their students do reflections and we were actually really surprised by some of the things that we were seeing. We had some students who were saying that they were able to get, you know, the work that they had to get done in two months, they managed to get it done in six weeks. We were actually able to get our schoolwork, hit the learning objectives faster. Um, so one thing that is important to distinguish is we are actually not a scrum-based um, service. Uh, so... Our, the student teams don't actually work in sprints. We are more of a flow based uh, off of flow, you know, flow modeling, uh, which means it's all about maximizing the amount of work that we get done. Right. To be as efficient as possibly not to leverage the time box that Scrum uses, but rather to leverage the workflow through which the teams get their work done. And leveraging things like, uh, you know, whip, work in progress, minimizing, opening it, leveraging cumulative flow diagrams to be able to visually identify where in your process of we have a learning objective that we now have to achieve within a certain, you know, within, you know, by the end of the school year, how do we maximize how much of that we get done in any given time? Got it. So it's closer to Kanban. Yeah, so we, we leverage more of a, a Kanban model and we actually provide the students with a tool where they can go ahead and, and track their work and design their cards. And that was really one of the things that was for us probably the most shocking was the fearlessness with which the students engaged with the new tools, the new approaches, the new methodology, even before they had all the information. Right. Which for us, you know, you know, as someone who's been teaching Kanban for, you know, 15 years in industry, I can tell you that, you know, traditionally it's anywhere from two to four weeks before when you introduce a new tool to the team that they finally find the time, <laughs> right, to log in and check it out. Um, we actually had students who, before they were being done introduced to the tool, had already locked out the account that was used because they just jumped right in and tried getting in. 
you know, so they had within a day, they were already pulling tickets all the way through to Dunn, even though they had very little exposure, about a less than an hour's exposure as to what Kanban is. They were intuitively be able to look at it and go, okay, well, if we have to get the work from here to here, and these are the different states that it moves through, let's just start pulling stuff. So that was 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 really really impressive. Uh, you know, we had after about three four weeks, we had about two hundred students that had created and completed over a thousand tickets. You know, which is you know whether or not it was the right things, the wrong things to do. That's you know that's for them to decide as a team. It did ultimately lead to great outcomes and results, and and across the. Uh, you know, three subjects, uh, eight periods, uh, two teachers, uh, two grade levels, right? All 200 students were able to, with ease, go ahead and achieve the learning objectives that their teachers set out for them for the final two months of school. And they were able to do it in such a creative way that they went above and beyond in the way that they demonstrated their level of understanding. Right. So there was a eighth grade history class and they had to come up with a project that they were going to do as as an eighth grade across all six periods, across all eight, all, all eight periods, excuse me. Right. And so what the class had chosen was to build a museum. And so they were going to build exhibits and all this, but they got done with the learning so quickly that they created a physical museum and then they went ahead and created a virtual museum. So that if you couldn't physically, due to COVID, go to the museum, you could still barcode stuff or go online and actually check out all the exhibits because they had a little extra time on their hands. And so it was really interesting to, you know, to see that, you know, when you unlock a child's passion for learning, you really just have to step out of the way, right? Um, and, you know, the students did really innovative and creative ways for sharing knowledge and collaborating. Not, not everybody studied the same thing, which was a unique approach. But at the end of the school year, everybody knew the same thing. Right. So they worked out ways to share information and, you know, teach other students the things that they learned, which, you know, from a, you know, a capability and ability to move knowledge to understanding is probably one of the greatest demonstrations you can do is if you can teach it to somebody else, you obviously understand the subject. And so it re did require that the teachers pivot on how they did assessments for the students. And so, you know, it was one thing pulling another. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think the students really enjoyed it. Um, they're actually looking forward to next year you know, jumping back in the tool, they, you know, some of the feedback we got is that they hope that they get to use it for all of their subjects next year. Um, and, you know, our commitment is to continue supporting them in their, you know, learning objectives. Wonderful. Collaboration and communication are key 21st century skills that are also mentioned in the World Economic Forum report. So I believe uh, learning and using Agile in education will really help in accelerating this process and children will be able to acquire these skills faster and in a more iterative manner as well and that that's really what we're seeing right so in my years of doing agile transformation coaching i've been reflecting a lot and you know looking back over the last 15 years probably about 
three, four years of that time over 15 years was spent teaching people agility. The other time was spent unteaching them what they thought they knew about how to get work done. When we go into large organizations, that's one of the greatest challenges that we run into when doing transformation work is when we run up against leadership and their preconceived notion as to how their organization is actually able to deliver value. And that is usually one of the first things that will start to slow down an agile transformation. What we found is that with students, they don't have anything to unlearn, or they certainly have a lot less to unlearn. Right? We're waiting to see if there is any pattern in the data that will indicate that you know younger students learn agility faster. So we are, as part of our experiment, we've been, uh, this year is going to get us data from 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th year students. And so we're going to be checking to see, okay, well, was there a more rapid adoption the younger the students? There is some data that, you know, seems to indicate that that may be, big, may be the case, but we're going to wait and see until we get, you know, more data in and keep tracking it. But it does seem like the younger you are, the more neuroplasticity you have and the easier it is to, you know, to learn better habits, right? I, you know, the children learn how to crawl and walk on their own without anybody teaching them. And that is far less complex than how to arrange and align with a group of people on a shared and common goal. So we do expect that, you know, if we can get in early enough and start to reinforce those skills, you know, collaboration, transparency, alignment, integrity, all of those things, all of those good agile values that we want that help to shift culture in, in all organizations, and we can keep it and strengthen it along the years, then when these students enter the workforce, they are truly going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with because they're not going to ever say that it can't be done. Exactly. You're not going to hear, we've always done it that way. So that's the way we're going to do it. No, it's, oh, we're going to look to improve everything. And we're going to start right here on this narrow focus. And then once we've improved it a little bit, we're going to move on to improving the next thing. Well, as you rightly mentioned, children have a lot less to unlearn. So they should definitely pick this up faster. Yeah. And I can honestly say that, you know, the speed at which our seventh and eighth grade students jumped into Kanban, it certainly is a much faster adoption rate than we've seen in the, you know, hundreds of teams that I've taught professionally. Wonderful. I'm a big fan of uh, bringing Agile into education. And I'm from India. And uh, India has unique challenges. We have uh, challenges with scale, with uh, teacher training and funding and all these things. So can you please share your thoughts on uh, how we can uh, take it forward? It, and it's not just in India. I, I believe there are a lot of such countries where we have such challenges. Sure. And, and, and we realize that is, is the reality. And so, you know, as an organization, what we are doing is we are trying to figure out how do we get agility into the hands of educators, you know, as effectively and efficiently as possible so that the constraint of money is not an issue. Right. Our commitment and our vision is that is to ensure that every student, regardless of constraints, 
And a constraint is, you know, how does the government view education? How does, you know, how is, you know, how is education supported financially in any given, you know, school, city, state, you know, government, right? Those are all constraints. And there are external constraints, things like funding. There are internal constraints, right? Those things for, you know, the students who've always been told they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, right? They don't have the faith in themselves. Those are internal constraints. So our commitment is regardless of the constraint, right? So we have yet to figure out how do we bring something like this into India, but our commitment is to figure it out. So one of the things that we are committed to is we've, you know, we've instituted what we're calling the Seed Scholarship Program. And it was what we could do last year, which was we set aside about a quarter of a million dollars in in resources that we are committed to bringing out and making available everywhere. Right. So we realize that not every school is high fidelity, has access to Internet, has access to those things. And so we are going to be working out ways to ensure that those teachers still have the opportunity to go on their own agile transformation journey so that they can start bringing it into their classes. It's for us involving a lot of conversations with, you know, potential partners, potential, you know, sponsors, other organizations that are committed to education the way that we are. And we are building a movement, you know, so that, you know, we realize we can't do it alone, but there are enough people and enough organizations that really and truly are committed to the future of our children that it's just a matter of time before we get the right combination to bring it anywhere. Yes, and uh, even in India, there are a lot of people who are very passionate about Agile. So they can uh, go to the school that's closer to them and then uh, talk to them, talk to the school management about uh, this and the advantages as well. Sure. And even offer free training programs and things like that are all things that we are you know, exploring to make it available. Yes, yeah, this needs to go to the grassroots level. Uh, can you please tell us your uh, future plans? Sure. Uh, you know, right now we are on a very specific journey that we've slated to end by the year of uh, by the end of next year. So by December 2022, our very specific results are we plan to have globally over 500,000 certified students holding various certifications and skill badges. We plan to be in over 25 countries worldwide, you know, and uh, we plan to be getting ready for our second annual uh, celebration where we'll actually be issuing uh, student certifications and badging, and it'll also be a global educational uh, summit, agile educational summit that we'll be uh, holding. We don't know where yet, we don't know when, we don't know how, but these are objectives that we have set for ourselves. And as any, you know, authentic Agilist knows is you got to just have, start with a direction and we'll figure the rest out along the way. And so that's what we are in the process of doing. Wonderful. I wish you all the best in your journey. Do you have any parting thoughts for children as well as teachers or to the parents as well? Yeah, I, you know, our message is 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 quite simple, right? It's simply that we are looking to future-proof our students. 
right? To give them the opportunity to learn, practice, and gain a degree of mastery over the skills that are used every day in industry, right? Education is changing and the way we educate our children has to change. And it's being driven by the fact that the way we work has been changing. And so, you know, we realize that, you know, coming out as an organization, a single company is really not going to help anybody because the amount of time that it's going to take education to adopt is too long. And so kind of like we just finished saying, let's find those collaborative partners and let's be an industry, right? So if, if parents want the best for their students, they will be screaming at the top of their lungs to their educational administrators. Why aren't we doing agile in school? If educational you know, leadership is really committed to the next generation, then they will do what they can to bring those skills into their schools. And from a student perspective, you know, for me, school was terrible because I didn't enjoy being talked to you know, six hours a day, an hour at a time. And I can only imagine what it's like for students today who, you know, they are able to consume information in much shorter bursts. They, everything in the world is telling them to think for themselves except for when they're in school. So imagine what it would be like if we actually, you know, if we actually provided that. And so, you know, for themselves, I would hope that students would also ask for the opportunity to, to really learn the skills that are going to help to change the world. Wonderful. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks a lot for your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for, uh, for having us. You know, if anybody is interested in, in what it would take to, you know, become part of the Leeds Leaf Scholarship Program, they can jump onto our website at l-eaf.org and select the Seed Scholarship, and they can fill out an application, and maybe they can be the first people to bring it into their country. Great. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. I would love to know your thoughts. You can get in touch with me using the details in the description section. Let's meet in the next episode.